Welcome back to another episode of Faith on the Go podcast. This episode is from Sunday, October 1st, 2023, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. If you like this episode, please like and subscribe to our channel to get more notifications of when new episodes are released. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. The first reading is from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent as well as the life of the child is mine. It is only the person who sins that shall die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is unfair. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? When the righteous turn away from their righteousness and commit iniquity, they shall die for it. For the iniquity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from their wickedness, they have committed and do what is lawful and right. They shall save their life. Because they considered and turned away from all the transgressions that they had committed, they shall surely live. They shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, The way of the Lord is unfair. O house of Israel, are my ways unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, all of you according to your ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, otherwise iniquity will be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God. Turn then and live. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from the book of Philippians from the second chapter. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, 
enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you what, by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later, he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I invite you to join with me in a word of prayer. God, thank you for this beautiful day and for the opportunity to gather once again around that great love that you have shared with the world, love that has taken human form in your son Jesus, love that has entered into our suffering and has revealed a power that is greater than sin and death, love that raises us up with him to be your church, to share in his risen life. Gather us again in that power with sisters and brothers all over the world to serve you, to respond with our very lives. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Let the church say, Amen. I want to turn back to the last line in our psalm today that said, You lead the lowly in justice and teach the lowly your way. Salvation is a word usually considered less in terms of this life than of the next. 
Usually when we think about salvation, it's kind of thinking in terms of the next life. And it may not even be a word that really appears much in conversations beyond religious circles. It evokes images of the hereafter, linked to long-standing religious models of piety and doctrine and personal belief. When I was growing up, and maybe many of you remember this as well, it took the form of a direct question that was intended to prompt intense personal reflection. Are you saved? Remember that question? Are you saved? It suggests a transaction by which a person is granted access to an otherwise exclusive group or place. So given this understanding, the Apostle Paul's encouragement in our readings today to work out your own salvation may seem odd, especially given the plural form of the word you that he employed. He was talking about a community of people. Paul placed this otherworldly concept into the working clothes of human community where we are confronted regularly with the difficult and the troubling aspects of our humanity in relation to the self and in relation to others. You may not have given much thought to salvation, to say nothing of linking it to the uncertainties and the challenges of daily life with other people. This definitely complicates things. But today's readings invite reflections, reflection on these uncertainties and challenges of life in relationship and the ways of God at work in their midst. Rather than a mysterious divine transaction that focuses someplace else in another life, they invite you to experience God's saving power in the midst of the ambiguity and the struggle as you roll up your sleeves and engage with this world that God so loves. Beneath many layers of theological debate and centuries of religious instruction, the basic meaning of the word salvation is literally the act of rescuing somebody from danger. It literally means to rescue someone who's in danger. It describes what happens to a person who's in trouble when somebody else intervenes to help them. This could range from specifically grasping the hand of a drowning person to more generalized efforts of working at preserving the welfare and prosperity of others. You might be surprised to learn that over its long history, the church has never reached consensus about how Jesus accomplishes this. That maybe sounds kind of funny, but there's never been one official doctrine or teaching that says this is the way that it happens. There's never been consensus on that, other than recognizing that it's fundamentally part of his life and death and resurrection. It's involved with that. We just haven't come to a consensus on exactly how. This is usually summed up by saying, Jesus died for your sins, without reflecting more deeply on what that actually means, what that really means. Church, today's readings provide an opportunity. Paul's lyric description of Jesus 
in today's second reading was part of his appeal to a congregation about the difference that it makes when the mind of Christ is shared in community with others. Things like encouragement and love's consolation, spiritual sharing, compassion, sympathy, and perfect joy are possible when Jesus' saving work puts on the working clothes of human community. Selfish ambition and conceit give way to humility that looks to the interests of others following the example of Jesus. Here, the fundamental sense of God is not something of lording over others, not of exploitation or self-preservation at the expense of other people, but rather what the Bible calls kenosis, or self-emptying, as demonstrated by Jesus himself. The situations that were described in the other readings that Cindy shared with us here today reveal God's abiding interest in each person, regardless of extenuating circumstances. There are no blanket exemptions operating here in this relationship, nor are there assignments of blame beyond a person's daily encounter with the powers of death and life. The people in the first reading were saying, we're suffering because of what our parents did. And God said through Ezekiel, don't say that anymore. Each, the life of each person is mine. You're responsible for what you do, whether it's the power of death or the power of life that is at work in you. God is interested in each person's daily encounter with the powers of death and the powers of life. And there is an invitation, a constant invitation to participate there in God's righteousness. That is something each person is invited to share. God's abiding desire that all would turn and would live. The story of of salvation has been forever shaped by God's gracious initiative to love the world and to share it with you, including sharing your suffering, your fear, and your despair. In Jesus Christ, God's power is revealed as love that is stronger than sin and death. But love isn't a concept that we might debate about or an idea that you can accept or reject. Love involves real people, real decisions, and real situations, particularly the most difficult and complicated ones. These are the places where the power of life seeks expression in genuine love, which sees the need of a neighbor and acts beyond selfish ambition or conceit to serve, to give, and to know another. This isn't about talk, but action. It's not about talk. We can talk all day long, can't we, church? And we do. We have a long history of that. Reams of statements and all kinds of other different things. Church, it's not about talk. It's about action. 
Jesus' parable of the two sons demonstrates the emptiness of every pious sentiment that never takes up God's agenda, the agenda of transformative love in our world, in the lives of other people, in the real situations that we face, and we talk all about it and never act on it. It's empty, church. That's empty. But his parable also demonstrates the efficacy of everyone who, despite refusals, resistance, and wrong turns, and boy, do we make a lot of them, ends up carrying out the will of God in daily life. Even when you say, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) There's power there. When we see that opportunity to serve and we do it, we use our gifts to serve. When God's desire to rescue and to protect is worked out in the complicated and messy details of human community, communities just like ours, when Jesus' self-emptying example is taken up in ordinary lives like yours and mine, church, we glimpse nothing less than God's salvation at work, even here, even now. Amen.